Welcome to another episode of the Hoops Dramas Podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Schroeder, filling in for Adam Shalafu. On today's episode, an all-time Seattle basketball draft. Joined by two special guests, we have Michael Sean Dugar and Tony Black on the podcast. Mike is a beat writer for The Athletic and covers the Seattle Seahawks. He's also a Franklin High grad. Tony, a reporter for King 5, the NBC affiliate in Seattle, and a Roosevelt High School grad, both from the 206. And I have to bring this into, we're all Coug grads. Washington State Ooh. representing here. Thanks Coug. for having me, fellas. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Basketball team looking shaky right now, but hey, go Coug. And we were looking good at first, right? Nine and two. They were, they were cooking. Yeah, when we were playing like McNeese State, <laughs> stuff like that. We started playing teams with actual <laughs> big men, and now we can't score. Oh, uh, yeah. Then we got into Pac-12 play, and it got rough after that. But uh, yeah. just want to yeah. give a quick shout-out to our Seattle area listeners. Real appreciate the following there. And before we dra- uh, jump into our draft, I want to start with you, Mike. Just why do you think Seattle is so rich in the basketball community? I think there's a concerted effort by the OGs to pass the knowledge down, uh, and that just creates a natural pipeline. There's talent in every city, but it's got to be an effort to like channel it um, and grow it and develop it. Um, it's like anything else. So it's like I think that's like you look at Jamal and Doug Christie, um, I mean, even like GP, I think, was running the uh, Pro-Am back in the late 90s and mid 90s. That's still going on today that Jamal didn't pass the torch on. And there's just all these at there's just it's a each one teach one mindset. You know, when Jamal gets on, he teaches Nate and B-Roy. And then when they get on, they teach Tony or Marto Webster, or whoever. And when they get on, they're teaching Jalen Newell and Baby Boy and Kevin Porter you know, and then when they get on, they're going to, you know, whoever's whoever the next kids are. I don't know. I'm too old now, but there's just there's just it, the, the culture has been cultivated by the dude who started it off. And that's how it continues. Um, I mean, of course, we got AAA teams and stuff like that. And we just got natural athletic cats up here. But I think that's the biggest part that people want there to be a culture. So we put the resources in, whether financially or just physically people in, in their time. And then it just builds something special that we've got. Now it's like a self-sustaining cycle of like ballers really up here. Absolutely. What stands out for you? Really like kind of echoing off of, of, of Mike's point there, just that that continued passing down of the game and making sure that, you know, it keeps going. I think also too, back when we were all growing up, you know, we didn't really have the social media and stuff. We were all kind of outside. We were, we were friends all the time. We grew up together. They played together. They wanted to go to the same schools together. And then obviously also with that sign of the times and back in that early nineties and everything like that, they weren't necessarily, uh, making sure that schools were as integrated as they did probably as we got towards like my, my later high school years and stuff like, you know, all the black kids ended up at Garfield or all the, you know, Rainier beach or something, all the white kids ended up over at Northgate or uh, at Roosevelt or something like that. And so there was just kind of that, you know, just general bond that they had just from youth all the way through school. And then, you know, you're out in the park and you're playing there and basketball is really just the way that brings together particularly the black community. That is something that um, it just, it just, it really just kind of goes leaps and bounds. It, it really is uh, something that you can't really put too many into, into great words, but I know with guys like Jamal and everything, like they're always wanting to give back, you know, they're, they're putting up parts they're putting up hoops and everything else like that. So it's a big community feel and we want to be successful. That's what we're known for. Seattle wants to be known for having some of the best hoopers around. Yeah, one of the things that stands out for me, I'm from the suburbs, grew up in Bellevue, and I would hoop against Marcus Trufant at the Newcastle YMCA a few times. So, you know, there are guys that kind of reach out into the suburbs. You start seeing guys that, you know, are big in the Seattle community. Obviously, Trufant's from Tacoma. 
Um, but it, it kind of branches out in these other communities. And I was just watching the Sonicscape uh, documentary the other day again. And I saw a, a great quote from Jamal Crawford. And he was like, it rains all the time here. We have to go inside. We got to go inside a gym and we're just going to shoot all day. Because, you know, the, the weather's terrible. Can't really go to a park sometimes. So I, I thought that that really stood out as well. I want to move into the draft portion now. Just going to read off our criteria and then we're just going to go from there. It's going to be a snake style draft. It'll go Tony, Mike, then me. Then we're going to snake it around. We'll each get six picks. The Hoopers on the table have to have played for the Seattle Sonics, Seattle Storm, the University of Washington, or played ball in the high school level in the greater Seattle area. So we're talking 206 area code, 253 down there in Tacoma. Uh, not really sure if there's anyone from the 360 that stands out, but north of Seattle, down in the Olympia area, and then over in the 425 uh, as well, just east of Seattle. You have to pick at least one Sonic, one Storm, one Husky, and one prep talent. So we get each of those squads love. And then you have two best remaining available people that you can pick as well, just to round out your six. And the picks will essentially be a popularity contest. So not necessarily who would be the best team of six that all take the floor in like a tournament and play the other two drafted teams, just in terms of their notoriety, what they brought to the community and their overall career. Then we're going to announce each pick where the players from and say why we went in that direction and then just keep it moving. So with that being said, Tony, you're on the clock with uh, pick number one. Hey, the first pick. Okay. Well, I'm going to just go ahead and go with one of my roots and my favorite player as a kid. And that's the rain man, Sean Kemp from the Seattle Sonics. I believe that, he is a guy that was absolutely ahead of his time as far as when he played in the game. And we really haven't seen someone who's like him and what he was able to bring as far as his athleticism, his power, his overall strength, and just his general, like, you know, just demeanor is how he approached that game of basketball. And I have yet to really see, I feel like, and I don't know if maybe you guys agree or not, but I feel like someone like a Zion Williamson could be a Sean Kemp if he gets his body right and starts to kind of, embrace how strong and dominating he can really be but like Sean Kemp would be my first overall pick let's see yes yeah, Zion as Kemp yeah I could see that I think Zion's ceiling is probably like Blake Griffin uh which is still high it's like all NBA I think I'm pretty sure Blake has been uh let's see so we got we got the rain man I mean if we're going to Sonics I gotta take KD I, mean, that's, oh, that's I like, was that's, so tempted that's that dude. Yeah, he's different, man. Come on, man. That's just. I mean, you look at him now. Broke his popped his Achilles and is still averaging thirty. Come on. I got him That's, in my fantasy squad for basketball. People didn't want to draft him. I took him. You know, I'm, I love it. And I wish I was like around when he was here for like that year or whatever, man. I would have tried to get so close to that dude. Like, yo, I would have taken him on dates. Like, I knew he was gonna be <laughs> special at the time. For I think I told my cousin too. My cousin's she turned thirty one tomorrow. Uh, it's like, yo, that dude right there on the TV with the messed up cut, go find him. I think she told me he was ugly or something like that. Big mistake. Her judgment's <laughs> bad. <laughs> she should have been on that in 2007. All right, so we go Sean Kemp one, Kevin Durant two. Uh, I'm surprised this guy's still on the board, to be honest with you. I'm going to go with the glove, Gary Payton, um, uh, a guy that I believe he's still the only guard to win defensive player of the year, um, Sonic's legend course uh lockdown defender gonna get in your face talk trash he can also give you a bucket uh someone who is you know still doing good good things in the seattle community uh so i'm gonna go with gp at three um and then we're gonna snake it back around and uh it it pains me to say as we move into the second round uh, i don't want to pick a husky i don't think any of us want to pick a husky but 
I, I think that we just have to give some of these people some love. So I'm going to go with Brandon Roy. Um, I, I think B Roy, we, we all saw the potential there with him. You know, if his knees weren't busted, mm-hmm. uh, I think that he's a hall of fame caliber player. I think we all remember, I, I believe it was against the Rockets, maybe not, but uh, when he took the ball off the inbound and hit the three, um, uh, in one of the most uh, iconic plays, uh, especially in recent memory for me when he was with the Blazers, but, you know, led the Huskies to a, a handful of wins, NCAA tournament appearances. That was when UW basketball was really at its peak. Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, Gary Payton and then Brandon Roy. Man, I have no problem with uh, – I have no problem with Huskies who also are from South Seattle. <laughs> That is where, like, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So as long as you, it's, no matter what college decision you made, like, that's how I can still root for someone like, um, like B. Roy or even Tony uh, Roten. That is um, Nate. I was like, thanks for rooting for me, man. Like, <laughs> so it was so many other dudes. Um, I, I don't know where Eastside Catholic is, but like even Thibault being from, you know, at least the Metro League, uh, Jalen Noel. As long as you're from. Here, then, but people like Terrence Ross or something. I think he was like from Oregon and went to you. Nah, can't do that. <laughs> you won't, you won't, you won't see me doing that. Uh, that said, I'm gonna go with uh, let's see because I need a height, I need a NBA guy. Ah, uh, yeah, give, give me, give me, give me Jamal. Oh, oh, knew you were gonna take him. Yeah, man, that's uh. That's the legend, man. That's the godfather of Seattle hoops, man. I got to do one of my first stories for the Athletic on Jamal, talking to talking to people about him, just the stories of him giving back, not just being good at basketball, but like actually legit, like just do. I think him and Will Conroy one day was just like driving around in his bins or something like that. Saw a homeless dude, ended up chopping it up with him, put him in the car with them, and just rode around and got him right just all day. Took him shopping, got him cleaned up, just just off the love, and then just then just dropped him off, like. That's just love. Like, imagine doing that, you know, just mm-hmm. no cameras, wasn't on, there's was no social media back then, just did it just just because he wanted to. Like, that's, that's yeah, I got to take that dude. Yeah, Jamal's a great dude. Love, love you some Jamal. Love that pick. Good job. I will also take myself a, a Husky, and I'm going to go ahead and go with Isaiah Thomas. And two words for that is going to just be cold-blooded for that one. Um, he is... It, it's funny, I actually met him uh, at the Northgate GameStop when I was working at the GameStop there. He had walked in to buy a game and there were at least three other employees that were with me that had no clue who he was at the time. They were just looking at him like he was some random person. And I was like, what's, whoa, what's up, buddy? Like, wait, what could I do? For-? I can't remember what game he got there. Um, I think it was probably like 2K or something at the time, but he is one of the nicest, like most genuine, like dudes that I've ever met as far as like a kind of Seattle basketball player, someone who's made it into, the, you know, even into the league. Um, I, I really wish I would have seen how his career would have gone had that injury, those injuries and what happened in Boston, you know, your, your spot there, Kurt, uh, would have, <laughs> would have worked out for him. I wish that, that he would have had a more successful kind of run, but I think that he still had a, a significant impact in the game and he's really well well loved here in Seattle a lot of people still have a lot of love for him and he also does a lot of giving back all these guys we're about to name are big give people who are giving back right on Mike's point at the beginning all right snake it back to you Tony you got back-to-back picks well hold on my next pick then let's get into the let's get let's get the ladies in here let's go WNBA I think this is a probably an obvious pick but I'm going to take Sue Bird um 
I don't think there are enough words to kind of quantify how important she has been to the Storm franchise and to women's basketball and to just the game of basketball, not even just women's basketball, just the game of basketball. She is a wonderful person. If you have not had a chance to meet her, I highly encourage that you do. She's incredibly nice, sweet, and she is a beast on the court. So, like, you know, it's a nice little parallel uh, there for So I'm certainly going to take Sue Bird off of that one for my next one. Let's see here. I got a – so with, do I need to – so when I take with someone like Jamal, where does he fall in, wherever I want him to? Yeah. You have to Jamal decide. Crawford? Yeah, that yeah. would be in the, the, the high school level because he went to Beach. There we go. High school level. All right. So after that – so that means I can still take Husky. Give me Nate Robb. Mm, good choice. Nate Robb. Although Nate did cost me a hundred bucks, um, <laughs> uh, however long ago when he fought when he fought Jake, uh, that was that was bad. I tried to I tried to ride for him, and that lasted about two minutes. But he could hoop. I will give him that. All right. Uh, see, I got back to back picks now. Um, I might be reaching a little bit here, but I'm gonna go with not a WNBA player, but a college player um from the from the women's game i'm gonna go with kelsey plum mm. so sure the all-time leading scorer in women's college basketball so you can't really go wrong with that pick um i think by a substantial margin i think it's like a, a few hundred points for her yeah no, um, so you know a, a great husky from 2013 to 2017 average i think it was over 25 points a game led the huskies to the final four which you know women's basketball at uw was good, I think, in the early 2000s, but really she kind of brought them back into prominence. So uh, doing some good things over there with the uh, Las Vegas Aces and the WNBA, number one overall pick in 2017. But, you know, anytime you have someone who is uh, at the top of the record book, um, I, I don't think that that's a bad pick. So I, I'm going to go with Kelsey Plum with my third pick. And then I'm going to need a Storm player in here as well just to get that criteria. And... Uh, Man, there are two people in mind here. Um, I'm going to go with the OG. I'm going to go with Lauren Jackson. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, she won two uh, WNBA titles, I believe, with the uh, the Storm. Uh, you know, back in the, the mid-2000s, I remember I would go to summer camps and we would go to uh, Storm basketball games. And you always had Sue Bird there and Lauren Jackson, two of the best players, uh, in my opinion, in WNBA history, but certainly the two best Storm players of all time. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the, the six-foot-five post player and uh, Lauren Jackson. Uh, let's see here. Well, now I don't have to – now I got a good little gap here before I have to go storm. So I still need – okay, I got a Sonic, got a Husky, got high school. So there's only those – there's only the four, right? Huskies, Sonics. High school and storm, yep. and then two free for alls. Mm -hmm. uh, let me go. I'm a. I'm a hop in the free for all. I'm hopping the free for all back here and take Jason Terry. Ooh, another Quaker. Oh. Yeah, man. That's a. Uh, he, he had a jersey retirement ceremony my freshman year at Franklin. Uh, I still have a signed uh, Dallas uh, Mavericks Jason Terry jersey in my in my closet right now. I don't bring it out because it was back in the days when our clothes were a lot bigger than they should have been. 
so it, it definitely doesn't fit the way it's supposed to now. And after he got yammed on by Braun, uh, I forget when that was. I was like, man, the value on that jersey just dropped. I think JT is doing a good thing. Isn't he like a coach um, somewhere now? He's like the coach of the assistant coach of Arizona or something like that? Pretty sure he is. I think one of the, the coldest celebrations, too, every time you hit the three, he would get down in the jet position. I thought that was one of the coolest oh, things yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, you got to take a Quaker, man. I might take another Quaker, to be honest. Man, we had some runs, man. I be telling people, man, we had we had ballers, man. I, I, my freshman year, we had Vinoy Overton and Peyton Siva on the same squad. And it was just like, man, those were two dudes. We lost the championship to Ferris. Um or no, we lost in the first round of states of Ferris. That's because they had Casto and the team was team was unfair. But yeah, no, JT, this tears a baller. Uh, I got one Franklin dude on my board here. We'll we'll see if you go in that direction. <laughs> All right, probably, uh, back, it'll probably be my other wild card. Back to back picks for you, Tony. Go ahead. Back to back. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and take uh, Mr. Rodney Stuckey for one of my wild card picks. Um, I don't know how many people like really appreciated his game. I, I would argue he's probably one of the more underappreciated players of, of who played the game of basketball. So I'm going to take him for my first one. And let's see, I'll take another one. Where's my, let me go through my list. Only pr primarily because he's balling, but also because Mike made the comment when we first started talking about doing this thing. So I'm going to go ahead and take my boy, Zach, Mr. Zach Levine. Who's currently averaging how much, Mike? What is he averaging I think right he's now? At 25, 5, and 5 <laughs> on a very bad Bulls team. If I'm, if I I'm mean, correct. you know, he's getting buckets, though. He's doing, he's doing, I, I think his game will, will only continue to improve. I think, you know, he kind of just needs to kind of get a feel for being in the league and kind of, you know, how his game can kind of translate over to that. Um, but he's, he's having a great start to the season so far. And I'll take him as my one off guard. Yeah, the, the, uh, the, the Bulls are really bad. Uh, yeah, but Zach is probably one of the most athletic people I've ever seen play basketball right. at the pro at the pro am two summers ago. I saw him just take off, and it was just like it's different than on TV. Like it's yeah, it really it really is. The only person I've seen this is gonna sound crazy that I've seen this as athletic, and he's not on my board or anything. Uh, as as Zach is Perion Callinger from the University of Idaho. I'm pretty sure Zach and Perion used to live together at some point growing up. Zach, I seen Perry on posting his Instagram. One of those dunks where uh, Zach like takes the ball, cradles it underneath, and spins and does it. I seen him post it on his Instagram at the University of Idaho when I covered Idaho. Zach won the dunk contest with that dunk. Later that like, I don't know, two months later or something like that. I remember thinking like, yo, there's a guy at Idaho who just inspired the dunk contest. It was crazy, but yeah. Uh, anyway, for my next pick, I think I'll hit the storm uh, spot. I'll take Brianna Stewart. Stewie. Got to. You want to talk about a future goat right there? Oh, yeah. I'll go with her. Yeah, not to say that Lauren Jackson didn't have a modern game, but I think Brianna Stewart is kind of the, the more modern version of Lauren Jackson. The post that can go out there, hit the outside shot. Uh, also a two-time WNBA champion, 2018 and 2020. So, yeah, I mean, that's a solid pick. You can't go wrong there. Um, for my last two picks... Man, I'm going to go – let's see, I have a Sonic. I have two Huskies. I have a Storm player. I am going to go – this is another wild card. I'm going to get Michael Porter Jr. out of Nathan Hale. 
Does that uh, count? <laughs> Does that count? I can, I mean, you can dispute it if you want, but are, are we allowing it? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah, fine. Okay. He's going to have – I might have to do a story on his one year here in Seattle <laughs> because it might, it might legitimately be the best individual's high school season in Seattle – Modern sports history, but like someone in the fifties might have done something crazy. But like, not bad for a homeschooler. That man, oh boy! Like, I don't think people understand how crazy it is for someone at Nathan Hale to have done that. Like, if you don't, if you're not from here, you're just like, yeah, whatever, you know. But no, it's nah, like because Nathan the, Hale is. They won what three games the year he left? <laughs> yeah, no, they they were nothing before, and then they were nothing after that one year. They were just like lights out with him and. Yeah, one of the top recruits. Um, I believe that they won the national title that year. Uh, number one overall team in high school basketball in the country. Yeah, on a, they didn't like win a tournament to win it, but yeah, they were like, I forget who decides those things, but yeah, they decided. Yeah, that that Hale team that was like twenty nine and zero with a lottery pick on it, who was six eight, who can shoot and dunk. I think he threw off the backboard and dunked it in the state title game when they were up like twenty. Yeah, he's a beast. He's a beast. All right, and so for my last pick, um, I know there are better dudes on the board here, but I'm going to go with DeJounte Murray out of Rainier Beach. Um, I watched him in the 2014 uh, Pro-Am that Jamal Crawford had over at Seattle Pacific, and he was a – I believe he was just finishing up his junior year. And when you had a high school kid who was probably, oh, 6'4", 6'5", 150 – I mean, he was rail thin and he was just so much better than the dudes that they had there. He was dunking on everybody, catching lobs. And, you know, to, to Mike's point earlier, I mean, this is just the trickle down of talent from especially a, a place at Rainier Beach. I, I don't think that Rainier Beach, I know you have a better high school program historically than Rainier Beach. I think there's so many guys that come out of there. So I'm going to go with uh, DeJounte Murray, who uh, also made an all NBA defensive team with the San Antonio Spurs. Oh, he was like what second team or something? Second team, a couple years ago. Yeah, no, he's a uh, yeah. Rainer Beach's history. There could be a whole documentary on that. Just program going all the way back from Doug Christie when my dad was there in the '80s to guys like Jamal and even like I'm not gonna pick either of these guys, but like the Stewart twins, you know, Roger Ken Logic, the Terrence Williams, um, and now like Kevin Porter Jr., whose career took a little hit, uh, but maybe it'll get you know revamped in. Uh, uh, in Houston, but I'm on my last pick. It's my last pick, right? One, two, three, four, five. Yep, my last pick. I'm going to go back to Franklin and take my guy, Peyton Siva. Mm, uh, damn it! Well, that. Siva, man, I've never. <laughs> I don't think he ever lost a high school game in our gym in his whole career. I, I'm pretty sure I remember reading that in the Seattle Times. One, dude is dude is insane. Dude is a, he's one of the most athletic people I've ever. Him, Zach, Reggie Moore, uh, another Coog. Uh, to another beach guy, Reggie Moore. Siva, I saw him go toe to toe with uh, what's the little dude from Stanford? Um, oh, Aaron no, Bright. Aaron Bright. Was you at that oh, game, Kurt? No, but uh, Aaron Bright went to Bellevue. Uh, yeah, and then went to Stanford, right? Yeah, yeah. It was, it yeah. Was, no, he was quick as hell. I went to a uh, was it a twenty four hour fitness, and Aaron Bright was there, and he was so much quicker than everybody. He was insane. Yeah, him. It was him and Siva going just. Toe to toe, man. Aaron Bright was just he's a baller. He's a baller. Yeah, I'm gonna finish it out with my how many Quakers I get. I got two 
Packers, I got to, man. I got to represent for us, man. We and I putting out no talent now. The whole landscape has shifted to the point where they're all going to Beach or Eastside Catholic and um, Garfield. That's where all the all the talents right now. So it sucks. We're like getting left out. Our tallest player is like six foot. All right. I ran to the I ran to the coach at the bar. I was like, why are we getting smoked? He was like, we're short. I was like, oh, <laughs> public school can't do nothing about it. Well, legally can't do nothing about it. Yeah, real quick, uh, the one other Franklin guy I had on my board here, Aaron Brooks. Wow, how did I not have him on? Yeah, my board? so he, I know he did some good things at Oregon and. Uh, you know, had a handful of good years in the league, volumes, uh, shooter, volume scorer. So, yeah, Aaron Brooks, another good Quaker. Yeah, his brother coached my JV team when I was uh, at Franklin. I think they're twins, too. I think AJ Brooks. Yeah, I forgot about him. Vinoy Overton, too. Baller. <laughs> Vinoy Overton. I've never heard that name in a while. He was yeah, I remember him being in the news for some other things. but Yeah, yeah no, he, he, he's in the news for some other reasons, but at Franklin – he could ball. He was a lefty. He was nice, man. I, he didn't even play defense like that at Franklin. Who knew he'd be like the Huskies' defensive guy uh, when when he got into college? He could really he could lock up. All right, Tony, Mister Irrelevant, final pick. Not you, <laughs> Mister Irrelevant, final pick. Okay, well, I mean, honestly, like the last three things you guys have said were all picks that I would have made, but you either made them or took them. This meeting will end in 10 minutes, so I guess I better hurry up and do this. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's go with, God, you know, there was a reason really to fight it. I'm going to go ahead and take Aaron Brooks then with my last pick. And for all the reasons that you guys stated above and then stuff. Um, and I'll just stop it there because we're almost out of time. But, yeah, I'll take Aaron Brooks to wrap it up. Perfect. Uh, real quick, Tony, you want to just go through your list? Who you got? Sean Camp, Sue Bird. Rodney Stuckey, uh, you know, I did not write these names down. That's probably not very helpful. Isaiah Thomas <laughs> and uh, Aaron Brooks. And who am I missing? I think that was six. No, six. Yeah, Sean Camp, Sue Bird, Aaron Brooks, uh, Isaiah Thomas. You got Zach, too. Zach Levine. That's who I was forgetting. I was forgetting Zach. Yeah, Zach Levine. Okay, cool. All right, Mike. I got... KD, Jamal Crawford, Nate Robb, Jason Terry, Brianna Stewart, Peyton Siva. Man, that's some talent right there. And I got Gary Payton, Brandon Roy, Kelsey Plum, Lauren Jackson, Michael Porter Jr. on a technicality, I guess. Uh, and then DeJounte Murray. Um, MPJ wow. was here just as long as KD, so that's fine. Uh, last thing that I want to get to before we wrap up, uh, wouldn't be doing our job if we didn't recognize one year since the passing of Kobe Bryant. Tony, I know you're a huge Laker fan. Uh, we were talking about this before we hit the record. Just what stands out to you about Kobe's legacy and, you know, where we are a year removed from that tragedy? Uh, so first and foremost, I'll clarify, I was a huge Kobe Bryant fan because uh, I was a Sonics fan through and through, but I was still rock for Kobe. But for me, like, it's been a year. Like, I tweeted out this morning, still doesn't feel real. Uh, still really can't believe that he is gone, but Kobe's legacy, uh, gosh, I mean, like he epitomized what it, you know, he epitomized what greatness really can be. And he was a big inspiration, I think too, like if we're talking about why there's so many good ballers out of Seattle, like he was a big inspiration for a lot of kids, you know, that were growing up here. I know he was for me and for a lot of the other kids that were actually good at basketball, cause I wasn't the greatest <laughs> or anything. 
But I, to lose somebody like that, who was going to, he had so many great things that he was still going to do. I mean, he had just retired and he was already excelling in all these other things that he was going to do. Like he was just great at it. And he refused to accept anything below that. And I think that's something that people can kind of apply to everyday living and everyday life. And I think that's why he resonated so much with so many people. And then for me personally, just kind of growing up and watching him and seeing how he played the game and just kind of being a fan of him and getting to see him play live and everything. Like he was somebody that I felt like a connection to. And I don't know, maybe if you guys have the same feeling or anything, which is why his death, like it was like a losing a family member for me. Um, it, like, it was just something where I was just like, I felt like I did a lot of things in my life based off of, you know, how Kobe was approaching the game. Like I, you know, among my friends, among my group of friends or everything, I'm the one that was like, I'm going to go do, you know, be a sports anchor on TV or go work for ESPN or something. And then took the steps to actually get there and do that, or at least try and get to that step and do that. Um, a lot of those things are, are efforts and stuff that I learned from Kobe, making those sacrifices of just leaving everything that I knew behind heading on down to Washington state and just saying, let's see how this goes. Um, so I missed that guy. Um, I, I heard for him and his family. I heard for Gigi and everything. It's a tough day. Tough day. Mike, what about you? Uh, the, the thing with Kobe that resonates the most is he wasn't afraid to fail. Uh, you know, I think that's really, as you talk about stuff that anyone can relate to, you just apply that to your life. You just don't be afraid to fail, whether it's, you yep. know, moving or uh, just, you know, getting a new job or whatever, or just whatever, doing what you want to do. Uh, don't be afraid to just do the thing. All right, you didn't do it the first time. All right, try it again. You know, oh, you didn't get, try it again. Like, you could, that's how you can be as confident as Kobe was, go like six for 20 or whatever in the in game seven. It's like, whatever, I had to shoot, you know. Like, he gets made fun of a lot for shooting a lot, rightfully so. But that not being afraid to fail, like he airballed his first shot at a game winner or something like that in 96 or 97, whatever it was. Like, that didn't, all that did was like, well, I just won't airball the next one. You know, that that is a, something like the for real, like, I'm not afraid to just go out here, try this thing and mess up and do it wrong in front of whoever. And I'll just work hard and just try it again. It's so simple when you say it out loud, but it's like, it's not supposed to be complex. It's a simple idea. Don't be afraid to get out there and just try try hard and, and screw up. So, yeah, that's of all the things that he did. Great stuff and inspire all the people like that's the thing that I can personally use, you know, every day. Yeah, the thing that stands out to me, a couple of things about Kobe. First of all, just on the court performance. Every time he had the ball, you know that the team that he was going up against was in trouble. There was always an opportunity for him to knock down a game winner, or, you know, give somebody 81 in a game or something like that. And as a Celtics fan, you know, that, that 2010 NBA Finals was tough for me to watch for sure. But, yeah, it was just one of those things where every time he had the ball, you knew if you were a Laker fan or a Kobe fan, you knew that you had a chance. And, I just, you know, you can't say that about everybody. Um, and in terms of off the court, uh, just going off of your point, Mike, piggybacking off that, just attacking everything in life with just the the mentality of like, we're going to do this and it, it's going to be great. Championship mentality, everything in life. You know, why would you do anything less than that? I think that that's something that everybody can apply to their life. And, you know, everyone has the, the paper ball in the trash can when they, you know, rear back and they say, Kobe, I don't think that there's any other person or you know, movement that we do in our regular life that kind of just encompasses what he was all about, you know, okay, there might be people that 
pull up from distance and say Curry or something like that nowadays. But I, I think Kobe was the original. Um, yeah, the way Kobe and Randy Moss like just turn their names into like symbols for doing this specific thing really great. We'll never see Randy Moss's name was legit a verb now. It's like you got mossed. Like it's actively a verb that you can do. Kobe is the same thing with the throwing something away. No, that's great. You, we'll probably never see that again. That's that's real hard to do. Like symbolize as in a singular act, no matter what it is. Yeah, someone too that I don't think people can really emulate. I think there's only one Kobe Bryant. I don't think we'll ever see someone of that that stature, those accomplishments, what he was all about in full ever again. Um, so uh, we've got a couple minutes left, but quickly just want to round things out here. Plug your social medias. Go ahead, Tony. Mike, take it away. <laughs> you can find me at Tony Black TV on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It's all the same username. That is I. I am here. Hit me up. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Mike Dugar, M-I-K-E-D-U-G-A-R. I keep all of my work. My author page for The Athletic is tagged in my bio. Um, I always keep my Seahawks Man to Man podcast pinned to the top of my Twitter as well. So my Twitter is effectively like a one-stop shop. You go there, you get me. So there you go. I feel like I should plug my Venmo because the rent out here in Reno is real. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to plug my, my Twitter as well, at Kurt Schroeder TV, K-U-R-T-S-C-H-R-O-E-D-E-R TV. And I've been waiting years to say this, Mike. It's going to feel so good. I'm going to take it out of your podcast. If you can't find us, look for the blue check because we're all verified. <laughs> Here so, we go. That's what we got to do. All right. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you all the listeners. Um, and we'll just see you next time.